Haskins, baby. Haskins. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot cope with him. Can't do it. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno. With me are two guys I trust more than anyone to give me honest and passionate debate or conversation. We've done it all offseason, but week one is about to be here. What up, Josh? Hey, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited. What's up, Adam? Guess who's back? Back again. (laughs) It's week one. Get excited. I mean, week one is back, but you've been here the whole time, so... I was gone last week. Where nah, the listeners, they, they're real glad I'm back. Don't I couldn't tell. I forgot that you were gone. That's how memorable it was for me. It was a nice, <laughs> clean edit. It was beautiful, man. Just perfection. Well, I'm going to make this one super difficult for you. <laughs> so listen, Hello. this whole time we've been talking football, football, football. It's been months. It feels like it's been years. We've gone through pandemics. We've gone through everything. And here we are. It just like snuck up on us. Week one is right in front of our faces, gentlemen. It's right here. Are you guys excited about this? I'm so stoked, but it's so funny because without a preseason, it's like no one outside of my fantasy football circles knows that football's happening. It's so funny to me. Like I was talking to my family this past weekend and no one had any idea that football started on Thursday. They're all like, wait, what? Like, yeah, it's September. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be like the lowest amount of casual leagues ever. Like, everyone's going to like start making leagues week two. <laughs> like, football started? I definitely think there's that aspect of it. I mean, I've already had my own personal casual leagues dwindling down over the years anyhow. So, yeah, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that this is putting the nail in the coffin for a lot of leagues, unfortunately. For sure. For sure. So let's go ahead and get into this because we got a lot to cover, a lot to discuss. We got a lot of listener questions. We just got a whole little bit of everything here. Um, we do, I, I, you know, I want to start with some of the news that's broken recently. Uh, we'll jump around a little bit here. The first thing we have is De- DeAndre Hopkins got a fat new deal. Overall, he's a Cardinal through 2024, making $94 million total. Are we excited about this, guys? Are you a little surprised? I mean, he's still young, so it's not like he's going to be an old man. But, I mean, you two haven't been too crazy about him leading up to week one. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I was pretty surprised by the fact that it's the largest non-quarterback contract in the league. I mean, Arizona really stated their claim, if you will. Um, So as far as, like, how I felt about him in fantasy this year, I think he just wasn't in that elite tier for me because of fears around his target share. And – I mean, with this contract, I don't really think that necessarily changes his outlook for me. I mean, he's still a top 10 wide receiver. He just wasn't top five for me. And I think that, like, at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. So I totally understand them paying him a big contract. But the amount of it definitely was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the money doesn't change your love for the player this year. Um, Josh, are you surprised, though, that Hopkins got this kind of money? Obviously, they're looking at him as like the, you know, the guy to replace Fitzgerald at some point. That's the point of this whole, you know, grab their guy and lock him down. But um, are you are you surprised by the amount of money he got? 
Yeah, a little bit. It could just because I guess we've been hearing so much about running back contracts that it was starting to feel like money was hard to get. And then DeAndre Hopkins does this, but I'm happy for him. And I think that they're uh, being smart by valuing him that way. I think that they should look at him as sort of the engine of the offense and they should pay him accordingly. So hey. good for him. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, you can say it doesn't matter too much, Adam, but, I mean, the money speaks speaks to me, man. The money speaks to me. The money's doing the talking. I feel good. I felt good already. I think I was a little higher than both of you on them, but I, it just cements me like, yeah, listen, I'm all in on them. My Cardinals are all, the Cardinals are all in on them. Everyone's all in on them. I'm happy with it. Obviously, like I said, you're not knocking them. You're not putting them super low, but you did drop them a little bit from previous years. Um Von Miller hurt his ankle today, may miss the rest of the season. I know he's not on offense, but he will affect offenses when they play the Broncos. Um, just shitty news, but I felt like you know it was worthy to mention it. You guys seen that? Hurt his ankle? Yeah, I heard he was going to have season-ending season surgery too, so it's like. Yeah, it sucks. I, obviously, we don't like to talk about injuries. and like We're not happy that this is going to be good for offenses, but I think it's important to mention. You know what I mean? Whenever a defense or you know one of the best players in the game at their position – gets lost it does affect the defense and it's gonna you know create offenses who are playing them a little bit easier of a game probably maybe but i thought it was just worth mentioning since it just happened the other news that i want to get to really quick there's two kind of drama filled topics that i want to get to before we start covering week one and just some players and outlooks for the season first one i want to do is leonard fournette leonard fournette had this awesome clip that came out today and this is it you know, football is football. I've been playing the same game for 25 years. And, um, I mean, for the first time in my life, I, re- I really have a quarterback. So that's an eye-opener for me. How do you feel about these comments, Josh? What, what What's the first thing that comes to mind when he says stuff like this? I think he's just he's just a little bit angry about what the Jags did to him. And, he, and at the same time, he probably really is impressed with Tom Brady. I think it's both genuine and just uh, bitter. Yeah, it does sound bitter. It does sound a little... Well, it, it, it kind of like makes you feel like him leaving the Jags kind of made sense from a relationship standpoint. Like it probably was meant it's probably a good time to stop this at, at this point. He also said not a lot of pressure is going to come on me as far as game plan and changing thing. It's great for me. I'm happy to be back there with one of the greatest. Well, the greatest that's played this game and I get to learn from him, too. Adam, anything about Leonard Fournette situation here? that uh you're surprised about these comments from him like are you i mean come on the guy had gardner Minshew before he left gardner Minshew, he had a former super bowl champion nick Foles. <laughs> that too i don't even think of, i don't even acknowledge that over Minshew. come on no nah, i mean he's just kissing brady's feet which is what you have to do at the altar of brady you must bow down and kiss his feet to be given touches to somehow live up to the adp that josh thinks he affords <laughs> <laughs> yeah josh is our resident leonard Fournette lover um, I bet I bet that he is like happy to not have to carry. I, I, I think Tom Brady probably really does carry a lot of weight on the offense. I think he probably has a lot of responsibility as far as play calling and all of that type of stuff. And he probably does make the running backs job easier. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt in it. And uh, yeah, like like Adam said, this might just be some, you know, perfect play at sucking up to uh, get some extra <laughs> some extra snaps out there. Um all right, the last thing I want to jump to before we get to, to, to the real, real football for week one is Odell Beckham. Now, let me preface this by saying, Josh, you said you are not aware of this conversation. Are you? Is that accurate or have you Googled since? 
I have not Googled. Okay. I, I cannot wait to hear this. Okay. Um, Adam, you are aware of it, correct? Yeah, but Okay. I don't <laughs> know how anyone can't be aware of it, but hey. Um, I don't really know how to approach this conversation. Um, I won't play the clip <laughs> from the woman. Um, but let's just let's just men- let's just say that somebody who slept with Odell Beckham said that he likes to get shit on. And we're not talking about by DBs last year. We're talking about for real, for real. But my what I liked about this was his response. And that's why it's worthy to me to talk about. His response on Instagram after everyone was talking about his sexual fetish, if you will, was can't knock me off my pivot no matter what shit's thrown my way. And if that doesn't bump him to wide receiver one, I don't know what does. The <laughs> man the crying laughing emoji too, meaning yeah. he know like he knows exactly. He's, what he's cold as ice, doing. Josh. He's cold as ice. Yeah, the, the it man makes is focused. Want to move him up in my rankings. <laughs> you got to move him up. We, listen, he might be top twenty four. <laughs> listen, you know, Adam was Adam shit on him last week. And he was like, man, give me more. Give me I like more. That. I like not getting touches. He liked I like that. not getting as many targets as Jarvis Landry. Just give it to me. He liked it. He liked Adam's response. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. It's very obvious at this point. But I was showing him love this whole time, right? I thought, hey, this guy has a good chance to rebound. Now he has all this drama thrown his way where a guy can easily, easily self-destruct, easily go crazy, easily hit Instagram, get suspended for something, do something crazy, get unfocused. And this man said, you can't knock me off my pivot no matter how much shit's thrown my way. This cannot be ignored in fancy circles, Josh. I, re- I respect it. You respect, I respect it, right? It. This guy's yeah. focused. Wh- which part do you respect specifically? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Just because I respect it doesn't mean that I want to try that or think that might be interesting. Listen. But like he's just he's unashamed. That's what I respect. He just he doesn't care. No, there should be no kink shaming and OBJ handled this brilliantly. So, someone's people are into it people are into it so everyone on twitter everyone trying to bash the guy get off his case you guys know half of you do it anyway so just shut up let this man go ball he's focused he's he's a wide receiver one ladies and gentlemen that's all there is to it let's move on to trust issues we got some good ones here we have some we mix it up a little bit we got some season long a couple season long a couple week ones the first one that i wanted to get to because again it was kind of news today kareem hunt's new contract we talk about Cream Hunt a pretty decent amount on here. We're fans. We like we like Cream Hunt. It is what it is. He got a new contract. That's a good thing. Chubb will be a top ten running back in PPR, even with Cream Hunt getting that new contract and the team solidifying that they're not trading him. He's not going nowhere. Chubb will be a top ten running back in PPR this season. Still, with that fact being made, Adam, trust or trust issues? Lots of trust issues. I mean, the contract doesn't really make a huge deal of difference for me, but I mean, I, I just, I don't see how he gets enough touches to to be able to be top 10 worthy. I just really don't see it happening. I think Hunt's going to come into that gigantically. I think Hunt's a better pass catcher. And I think ultimately, I mean, it, it's going to be a split. There's going to be a ton of volume given to both those guys, but I think for where they're being drafted, Hunt's probably much more likely to exceed his ADP and Chubb's being drafted right now, right around like running back 12 to 14. So finishing top 10 would be exceeding that by only a couple picks, but I, I really, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I, I guess I say top 10, but also just do you, do you think he's still first round 
draft worthy. Because I've been in drafts, know. 12, no. 14 teams, and he yeah. gets drafted in the first round. I never thought he was first round draft okay, worthy. So if I'm being him. entirely honest, I don't think he's second round draft worthy. Wow. I would personally take Aaron Jones and James Conner over him, which are going at like the end of the second, beginning of the third. So, yeah, uh, for me, I'm yeah, I'm pretty out on Chubb if if uh, if we're talking at ADP. Yeah, that seems pretty crazy to me, Josh. Do you agree with that, Jones and Connor over Chubb? Well, the thing about Jones and Connor is they both have more of a pass catching profile. Mm-hmm. I mean, after after week ten, which was when Kareem Hunt started playing, if I'm if I remember right, Chubb was an RB two, RB three, going by weeks, RB one, RB three. RB2, RB1, RB3, RB3. Like, and, and so he had the beginning of the season without Hunt and finished as the RB8 in PPR. Like, if you just look at the back half of that season, I think he's, I think he's just hanging on to being an RB2. Mm-hmm. And he's starting the season with Hunt being there. Yeah. He's not getting drafted that way, though, the way both of you were talking. Uh, nope, yeah. Like, if you... If you look at the back half of their seasons, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that these two players are being drafted in the right order. At at, at a minimum, they should be close together. It, like the other thing, though, uh, you know, if the Browns get a lot better and they score a lot more touchdowns, I think that that probably benefits Nick Chubb more than it does Kareem Hunt. Where I think Kareem Hunt's going to be more stable week to week with mm-hmm. his passing volume. Yeah. I think we all agree. I mean, we all agree that we all end up drafting Hunt. I mean, I don't draft Chubb either. I don't. I, I just don't. But obviously, for me, like if it came to like Chubb and Connor, I would probably pick Chubb just because I don't trust Connor's health. Just and that's something we can't obviously, you know, can't really quantify. I guess, but that's just what I would do at a personal decision. But I also don't get Chubb just because he goes too high for me. And Hunt, I feel more confident with, like you say, he's a pass catching back more. So that's where I lean. But yeah, I think it's interesting the way he's getting drafted, and it, it feels like. I don't know. I don't know who's drafting him that high. I don't. I don't know who the fanboys are for Chubb. I don't know. You know. I don't. I don't. I guess what. What is the big argument? Can someone help me here for Chubb? Like, for those who do draft him in the first round at the end, like fourteenth pick or early second. Like, what is the debate there for that pick? Does anyone know? I think that they are people who are very into him being a skilled runner. I think he is like a very good running back. But I don't think that that Translates matters fancy. an awful lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's straight rushing ability. He was second in the league in rushing yards last year. The problem is, is I mean, he only scored eight touchdowns, and half that was without Kareem Hunt. So there, I mean, Josh kind of illustrated it perfectly. The second half of the season really changed the workload there, and I think people just look at that season end total and go, he was the second highest rushing total in the league and only Derrick Henry surpassed him. Like how could I, how could he be stopped? But he's just not going to get those touches. It's yeah. just not going to happen when you've got, you know, hunt there as well, who is proven to be just as talented. I mean, in all honesty, I don't think that it's really a talent conversation there. If, if hunt got there first and then Chubb came in, I don't think anyone would question if hunt was getting the majority of the carries there. I think it really is just an incumbent situation that has Chubb, leading that team yeah people forget how good cream hunt is like before everything happened where he was booted out of the league man that was good (laughs) i think people just you know they forget that and now he's like a you know 
a split backfield kind of guy. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think that it's going to be interesting to see the Chubb, the people who drafted Chubb early, how that plays out for them. I don't think any of us think it will play out well. I think there's better options. Um, but I'm assuming there's people listening right now who are screaming at us. There's people listening that are still like, these guys are crazy. Chubb is amazing. I mean, if that offense hits hard, they're going to be like the best thunder and lightning combo ever. Yeah. But ultimately, I don't think any of us think that Cleveland's going to hit in the way that kind of everybody thought when all these talented players came together. I mean, as a roster, they, they are insane. Right, yeah. It, it, the talent on that roster and the offense is crazy. They should be easily a top 10 offense, if not top five. I mean, playing with them in Madden, it's hilarious because they're so good. But it's like you just I, – I think we're all skeptical about that translating to the field. For sure. Like the thing is you have to not only have the Browns offense really hit, but you have to also get lucky on him getting more than his share of touchdowns. So it's like a double hit that I'm not betting on. That's fair. It's a fair point. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm sure there's some people who are screaming right now. And I, and if anyone listening does have like a super strong argument on why we're wrong, I would love to hear it. But until then, we're all cream hunt guys here. And I don't think I don't have any shares of Chubb. Do either of you at all? Mm, no, I do in Dynasty, but nothing oh, in Redemption. Yeah, I have zero. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Cam Newton can beat Tom Brady's end of season score in total. He, he Tom Brady ranked quarterback twelve, I believe, last year at the end of season overall scoring. So Cam Newton can beat that. So top eleven or higher. Uh, foul? Uh, not foul. Trust issues, Josh. I, yeah, I think he could do it. I think he could do it. I don't think that Cam Newton has always had a lot of help, and we've seen him be a top-five quarterback. So why why now would that be out of the question? I think I, I think he can do it. Adam, do you agree? I mean, I've seen them, like, I've seen people really hate on the Patriots this year. They don't like the offensive weapons. Again, I mean, Josh said that he hasn't always had the greatest offensive weapons and still done well. I've seen people just – you know, say that the team is not fighting for, uh, you know, the top. I don't believe, I don't agree with that. I see people rank them in the twenties just overall as a team power ranking wise. Um, but do you believe Cam Newton, Cam Newton can actually be a top 12 quarterback this year? Adam, with the weapons he has. I, I mean, I'll go even further. Cam Newton's my favorite sleeper who's being drafted outside the top 12 to become top five this year. Nice. I mean, what we've seen from Cam Newton when he's been healthy because of what he can do with his legs, in addition to being a phenomenal passer. I mean, Cam Newton can pretty easily throw for 3,500 to 4,000 yards while still rushing for as many yards as basically only Lamar and maybe Josh Allen are going to do. So for me, I think that there's a ton of upside with that Konami code, rushing ability of a late-round quarterback. And you guys, I mean, this is Bill Belichick. This is that Josh McDaniels offense, they're going to mold around Cam Newton. And I think it's really interesting to look back and see what they did when they had Jacoby Brissett and how much they ran the football and envision that Cam Newton can run just a much more dynamic offense than Tom Brady ever could just simply because he has that added element of being able to run as well. So I think the Patriots are going to run a much more, um, new age offense in a lot of ways. And I think that that's going to cater to Cam Newton's skill set. 
And personally, I'm I'm probably more excited to see that offense than any other offense coming into this year. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. I was gonna actually say, like, just to add on to you guys, like it's gonna be fun to see that offense playing with a guy like Cam. You know what I mean? Like not not that it sounds weird saying that because they've had the best quarterback arguably to ever play the game before him, but like it's gonna be a different kind of offense, like completely different, we would assume, you know, with what he's capable of doing that Tom Brady clearly wasn't capable of doing. Um it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to see the guys that were there last year and how different this affects them. You know what I mean? Like in a negative or positive way. Like it's just going to be fun to see how this all comes together. Um, but I believe trust across the board on that one for all of us. Um, so yeah, Patriots, Cam Newton. We all, we all, we're all Cam fans here, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, the next one, flex Chris Thompson week one in PPR trust or trust issues, Adam. Man, I got trust issues. I get the idea of where it's coming from, just from a sense of, you know, they're probably going to be down Bashad Perriman. They're probably going to be behind. They're going to be throwing the ball a ton. Um, but for me, you know, they came out and they announced Robinson as their lead back. So I don't know how much credence that really has. But for me, that at least told me he's probably going to be getting the, you know, rushing down role, which is not what Chris Thompson's going to do anyway. But I think in week one, you don't have any injuries. You don't have any bye weeks. You really are only starting Chris Thompson on like the deepest zero running back type of build teams. And in those, I don't I don't hate it. Um, but, you know, if you're put in a position where you're starting Chris Thompson, you're probably not going to have a great year. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So sad. Oh, nice, Josh. I mean, it's week one, Josh. Right, trust or trust issues? Starting to tell me. Running back is being drafted in double-digit rounds. Like, tell tell me, mean, you got an argument against Adam, Josh. I I will have to say that like I didn't really think of this from the perspective of everybody being healthy. I just <laughs> I think by midweek I'm I'm not midweek but midseason I'm I'm definitely going to have some Chris Thompson teams, and don't don't tell me my teams are dead. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This guy is horrible. I mean, if you look at, at his like game log, right? He's never had more than 70 carries, I don't believe, in a season. So that's not what we're considering. And reception-wise, I mean, he's had never had more than like a little – well, he had one season where he had a little over 60 targets. But that was the only season he ever like was healthy at all, like to play games for the most part. Like every other year is like 10, 10, 11, 13, 4, 2, low, like, you know – so he's had an issue staying healthy. The one thing that he does have on his side is the coach. Like, they signed him because that coach likes him. I mean, when when, when Gruden left Washington, this dude, like, cried. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he he likes Gruden, and Gruden likes him, and that's why he's in, in Jacksonville. They got rid of Leonard Fournette. Obviously, you said, you know, he's not this guy's not the starter running back or anything. But, I mean, we all expect this offense to throw a lot, right? I mean, does anyone disagree with that? So – it's it's for flex like it's not crazy in a deep league i don't think it's i don't think it's nuts i don't think it's horrible i I don't actually have any chris thompson this year which is surprising because i've always been a big fan of him but um i think if you uh i'm surprised that you're saying that adam with mr zero running back all that kind of stuff it's just i mean it's week one you really should not be in a position where you need to go that deep I mean, what what is actually projectable to him? Maybe five targets, so maybe four catches. And what's he going to do with that? Get at best 10 yards a catch. So you're talking four for 40. I mean, if you want eight points week one in a PPR league, go for it. If he gets I, a touchdown, think... it's going to be great. But, I mean, 
you know, we're all touchdown hunting. I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't see it, man. I think that there will be more than five targets in that offense available to running backs, but I'm not, I'm not super confident that Chris Thompson gets the snaps to get out there and take them all. Yeah. What, what I would I'll say is even if you're not in a position to flex him because you, you know, like Adam's pointing out, you shouldn't have to, what I would say is he is one of those sneaky players you put on your bench. And yeah, while sure. nobody else is taking a chance on no one's, oh, and this is in deep leagues, obviously, I I, I wouldn't put him in a, in a you know in a, in, a, in, a, in a smaller league, but in deep league, he's clearly a guy that you stash, you put him there, and if you if things get crazy, you never know, you never know how things are going to break out for a player, but um, he's definitely a guy worth taking that chance on when you know the other options or whoever at that point. Um, I mean, let's say like who, who do you feel more confident in, Adam? Uh, Jalen Richard or Chris Thompson? Yeah, Chris Thompson by a mile. Yeah, okay. yeah. I okay. love Chris Thompson as like a stash. He definitely has appeal during the bye weeks because he's going to have a high floor because he's essentially a wide receiver playing running back. I mean, he's not going to see more than three to five carries in a game, and that's on the high end. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he has a high floor, and for that, he's a good flex insert, but just not in week one. It right. just doesn't make sense. And no matter what happens in Jacksonville, he's never running the ball, guys. So that's just never going to be the option. <laughs> so you're looking at him purely as a PPR guy that's going to catch the ball for you. Um, all right, let's move to the next one. Adrian Peterson leads the Lions backfield and touches week one. I will straight up say I have trust issues with this. If this happens, I will maybe stop watching football. Um, Adam, trust or trust issues on this? Yeah, I mean, you got to have trust issues, but God, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I mean, come on. It's a terrible – it's Matt Patricia, guys. Come on. <laughs> He's not good at this. He's not. There's just some coaches that we have to know are not good at this. As much as everyone wants to act like talent's the only thing that matters in fantasy football, yeah, coaching does when they're this bad. So as much as DeAndre Swift should get every carry there, just see 300 carries this year and go for 2,000 yards rushing like he did in college – Ain't going to happen. They're going to give Adrian Peterson the ball, and he's going to limp for three yards, and they're going to go, good job, Adrian, and they're going to do it again. <laughs> and hopefully they're going to let, you know, Matthew Stafford cook. But, man, I uh, yeah, I'm nervous, I would say. But, no, I don't think that uh, I would trust that Peterson gets the bulk of the touches there. But I don't trust anyone in that backfield week one. Imagine if you were one of those people – who couldn't shut up about carry on Johnson when he got drafted there. Oh my God. All right. I remember at the fantasy footballers live show, them talking up carry on Johnson and me being the only person in the audience who booed. <laughs> Cause I did not, he was, I actually even shouted out at one point. He's a mirror of doula 2.0. Cause that's what he was. Cause that's what he is. And unfortunately Deandre Swift, is so talented that he better not fall to this same horrible usage situation that has came of all the running backs before him. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super nervous for the lions. I mean, I, I love their passing game. I hope that Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones have huge years, but as far as their rushing game goes, man, I, I just can't touch it at this point. I assume Josh, I assume you have trust issues with it also, but I want to add an extra question onto this for you. Which guy do you want? not running your offense more than the other Matt Patricia or Adam Gase. Oh, I, I think Adam Gase is worse because (laughs) like Kenny Galladay was still a wide receiver one and Matt, Matt, Matt Stafford, while he was healthy, was having a good year. So Matt Patricia didn't, didn't kill everyone. 
No, Matt Patricia just kills running backs. He's yeah. great for passing offense. Yeah. I, I mean, think I don't if it's think just he's raw the touches. play caller anyway. Sorry. I think if it's just raw touches, I think Adrian Peterson could do it week one, man. I, I believe in him. <laughs> oh, my Lord. This guy believes in everybody. It, it might be seven carries to four carries to five carries. <laughs> so totally not relevant to fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that Adrian Peterson is still out there just, just doing what he does. Frank Gore 2.0, man. He's gonna have he's gonna have three yards per carry except for that one run in the third quarter where he breaks it for sixty yards and that's that's fine that's that's Adrian Peterson and that's not telling anybody that I was out here fighting for him the other day in the group chat because <laughs> I was totally caping for that dude I was like he's fine little did I know he was going to Detroit a day later those are one of those things where you're like how does that happen I have this conversation yesterday and I'm looking like an asshole today. Adrian happen? Peterson didn't hold back Alvin Kamara. <laughs> All right. That's it for trust issues. We've talked enough about these guys. Let's move on to a segment that we're bringing back to the show. I forgot who did the best last year. It wasn't great. It got ugly at times. But that's what this. That's what's supposed to happen here. We're supposed to talk about guys we're passionate about. Guys that we believe in. And that's the not so obvious locks of the week. Adam, Josh, do you two have not so obvious locks of the week? Are you prepared for this? Oh, I, I'm so prepared. You're so prepared. I, 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 you sound more yeah, prepared than Josh. You spoke before Josh. You sound like you got a guy that you're, you know, you really got his back this week. So I'm gonna let you go first. Hit us with your not so obvious lock of the week, Adam. All right. So my lock of the week is a player that just seems to dominate week one. Year after year, uh, he's on an offense that has a somewhat depleted receiving core going into the first week of the season, so we should see a target boost. And that's the Sean Jackson. And Philadelphia is going up against potentially the worst team in the league in the uh, Washington unnamed franchise. Um, I, I think that Deshaun Jackson has a huge ceiling this week. And personally for me, in week one, he's kind of a fringe guy. I know he's been being drafted a lot as like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. But if you're ever going to start him, the, this is the week. I mean, it's a phenomenal matchup. He has the history of being great in week one. If you have him, I mean, they have a depleted target core. Like, you you have to play him this week. I feel like if you drafted him, this is what you drafted him for. All right. All right. I hear you. This is it. This is his chance. So where... How confident are you? Is there a certain guy that you're putting him over that this would be surprising, or is it just a flex thing? Like, where? How, how confident are you really telling these people you are? Uh, so I, I know in one league I'm starting him over Edelman. That's not that huge. I'm trying to think. I Christian Kirk. I'm I mean, that's kind of huge. It's a little well. huge. Um, yeah, I mean, that that sort of range, kind yeah. of that, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. I mean, for me, he probably is a wide receiver three this week. I mean, it's probably hard to start him over somebody like Marquise Brown if you drafted him or Will Fuller. I mean, those are probably guys that you drafted expecting to be able to start every week. So I think that Deshaun's probably going to be a hard guy to pick over guys that have similar ceilings to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, like, 
I don't know. We were just talking about the Jets a second ago. I'm definitely starting him over somebody like Jamison Crowder, who I think is just, you know, a compiler, who I think a lot of people are going to be looking at this week as maybe a good play because they don't have a lot of other options there. But you have one guy who is just a, you know, target guy who probably has a low A dot and is just going to catch, you know, seven for 40. And you've got Sean Jackson who needs to catch one pass and can outscore him. So, yeah, for me, it's a Sean Jackson easy. Gotcha. That's a good, that's a good one. Uh, it's about time he, uh, you know, comes back to relevance like that. Um, Josh, do you have okay, so someone good here, man? What do you got? I looked over the week one slate, and one of the games that, that kind of jumps out at me as, as just promising was Seahawks-Falcons. And mm-hmm. so to, to make this not so obvious – I think I think Mr. Greg Olson is going to be a top five tight end in week what one. What the hell did you just say? guy who's not being drafted in like twenty five round drafts. <laughs> Greg motherfucking Olson. <laughs> just wait. Going deep. Jim, Going Russell deep. Wilson reanimated the corpse of Jimmy I mean, Graham for two years. If Will Disley starts, no way in hell. But if he doesn't, I like it. I like it. I like where your head's at. I'm telling you, uh, Russell Wilson has what it takes to make these old gross tight ends dance around. And I think Greg Olson still has a little bit of juice. You don't have Greg Olson on your team and not put him out there like he's a backup. I mean, I, I respect it, Josh. But when we say the not so obvious, you did that. You did that. Is Will Dis- what, what, what is Disley's case right now? Like, is there no, any? Is he questionable in any way? Uh, that I'm literally looking up his injury right now. Um, but in the meantime, please do what you did to me with him at tight end. Who is he starting Greg Olson over? Yeah, who, 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 who are you going to do this against? Like, <laughs> yeah, you starting him over Janu? You starting him over Noah Fant? Let's <laughs> yes. see where he really is at. I would start him over Janu. Yes. Well, there you go, man. Over Janu, and that's that one. Uh, right now. Keep going. Keep. We're trying to vamp. <laughs> that, that's a lot of people's darling right there, John. Who man? So you're making a lot of people angry when you say that. John who has a has a big has a big problem with AJ Brown taking all the targets on that team. I think doesn't he? Yeah, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> but still, people have been waiting for him to like break out. Yeah, I mean they've been waiting for the no Delaney Walker finally give our guy a chance, let him fucking ball out. Like people have been waiting for this, so they're. They're hinging on the bet that, you know, he's gonna he's gonna live up to what they want to see. Josh, you can't take that from them, man. You don't have. That I, I think Johnny's still gonna be the number three target on that team. I mean, so is Greg Olson. I was gonna say, what yeah. is Greg Olson gonna be? I like I like Seahawks Falcons Week One. I like Russell Wilson throwing it to Greg Olson. Greg Olson has shown us that he can do it. And just because he's old, I mean, tight end, old tight ends do it for a long time. All right. So there you have it. Deshaun Jackson, Greg Olson. Before I say mine, let's see if you guys can guess what team he's on. Is it the Oakland Raiders, Neil? Well, it's the Las Vegas Raiders, Adam. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. <laughs> that's going to be so exciting oh, for them. I know who it is. Who, who is it then? Hunter Renfro. It is Hunter no, Renfro. Is it? Um, well, it is. Uh, all right. It is. Listen. <laughs> Shocked. I mean, he's he's not so obvious, right? Because everyone is on Brian Edwards. Everyone's on Rugs. Well, not everybody, but some of us. I mean, listen. 
He's the guy at wide receiver that's returning to the offense from last season. Tyrell Williams just got hurt. He's a safety valve for Carr. Him, him and Waller, obviously. They're, they're the safety valves, and they're the guys returning in the passing game. But he's a silent assassin, man. While everyone's worried about Edwards and Ruggs and these rookies having a baller-ass season, week one, week one, you put it in the guy who we all could trust. That's Hunter Renfro. Not to mention they're playing the Panthers, who are starting like half a friggin' defense of rookies. This is the opportunity. And the Panthers want to score a lot of points, right? That's what their head coach does. That's his thing. So the Raiders are going to have to keep up. So Henry Renfro is going to ball out. He's going to ball right, out. Man. Who are you starting him over? Let's Name somebody. List. I'll tell you. Name someone. Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Who's Deontay Johnson playing? That's what I need to know. But I probably would. I need to see. I need to see what Big Ben does out there, man. I mean, Deontay Johnson's being drafted as like a fringe wide receiver three right now. So, I mean, that's kind of what I was looking at. So, yeah. trying to find somebody. Who but you know, would, I'm a Deontay you know. fan too. So, you're pinning him against guys I like also. So, you're making it a little more difficult. I'd play him over Deshaun Jackson. I'd play him over Deshaun Jackson. I, we're going to oh, go. We're going to go, Neil. We're going to go. All right. <laughs> you know, another, another guy I like that's not super obvious. Like, if you're going to. This, this Texans Chiefs game, I feel like there's going to be a Texans wide receiver that we don't expect who probably gets seven or eight targets, maybe Randall Cobb. He's another one, but you're taking two now. That's cheating, Josh. I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get as many shots at winning this thing as I can. Listen, let it be on the record that Josh's guy is Greg Olson. <laughs> Adams is Deshaun Jackson. Greg Olson gets bro. two targets. Yeah, he's trying. He's over here trying <laughs> totally, to... totally within the range of outcomes. He's over here like, oh, I'm just going to throw another player in there just in case. Nah. I, I am ready to get mid-season growths with these starts. Yeah. None I mean, of this week one, everybody's healthy bullshit. Not so obvious locks of the week, or as you guys call it, hey, players that no one's actually going to start in any <laughs> leagues at all. Hunter Renfro, come on, bro. You guys are stupid if you don't start. Okay. Just Dude, start where was DK Hunter Renfro Metcalf. being drafted? The 16th round? You're safer putting Hunter Renfro in your lineup than any other Raiders wide receiver. So if you want to get cute and put Brian Edwards and Rose oh, that's interesting. and all those guys. Not, that, that's a pretty bold take for week one. I like that. That's, that's my interesting. Take. He will be the best oh. Raiders wide receiver in week one. Period. Yeah, and if he is, he might finish as a wide receiver three. All right, I see where you're at. <laughs> All right. Will, that's he, our... will he do – oh, wait, no, I want to challenge go you ahead, more. Go ahead, go ahead. Will, will he out-target or uh, outscore Darren Waller? He will not. No, okay. I didn't think so. I can't get too crazy. Yeah. But it's possible. Possible if he breaks a big one. Um. All right, that's it for now. So, obvious lock of the week. I love that we brought that segment back. I feel like that segment needs to be, like, sponsored by somebody or something. It's like – so flavorful. I love it. Man, that thing gets me jazzed up. Somebody needs to Man, like some it. chips or something. You said it's so flavorful. <laughs> so flavorful, man. Sponsor alert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump over to listener questions. We got some good ones. We got some decent ones. The first one is from at fantasy burner 12. He says, says let me let me let me let me get into this one because there's a little depth here. Non-PPR league. He needs a wide receiver three and a flex. I'm not going to judge him on the non-PPR thing. First time question asker. So we got to be nice. But I don't like non-PPR leagues. So, But non-PPR, need wide receiver three and flex. He says it's an old league, so that's probably why it's like that. Um, currently, wide receiver three is Marquise Brown. And flex is Deshaun Jackson. He wants to know if he should switch one for James White in the flex 
However, he like he said, it's standard. He doesn't trust Bill Belichick. So that's that's his caveat on why he doesn't have James White in over Marquise Brown or Deshaun Jackson. Um, does anyone here have a very strong take on why he should be swapping these guys or if he's doing the right thing, first of all? No, he should be he should be starting Marquise Brown and Deshaun Jackson, and you just let it ride. Just rock yeah, with I mean, it. it. That's you know, it's my lock of the week, and Marquise Brown, who I think most people are drafting, is like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. So, yeah, I mean that that's for me definitely the play. I like James White in PPR this week actually a, a decent amount, but it's a high floor play. I mean, D. Jackson Brown are ceiling plays. I mean, those those are guys who can win you weeks. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely playing those two and not looking back. Yeah, that's an important caveat here is that it's not PPR. So if it was James White, maybe more in contention here. But like you said, Deshaun Jackson's your not so obvious lock of the week. Marquise Brown is one of those guys, man. Like he could be a wide receiver one. Like he can, especially certain weeks. You know I mean, like he can do it for you. He can put up huge numbers. So it's not really a guy. He's gonna be a guy that's hard to bench. You know what I mean, I hope he gets a lot more big plays, a lot more opportunities this year because he is a guy that, like, when I had him last year, I wanted him in the lineup every single week. It didn't always play out, you know, how I wanted it to, but like it was hard to not play him. He's just one of those guys. Um, so yeah, we think fancy burner. We think you got the right guys in, man. Leave James White on the bench. Next one's from George at BFTG pod. How do season ending injuries on defense affect how you view offensive fantasy players? I guess this is kind of like how I mentioned Von Miller earlier. Um, do, do you guys put much credence into it? Um, you know, you guys don't let the contract seem to move the needle for you much, but do big time season ending injuries on defense affect how you're looking at these offenses as they come in and play those teams? I think if those holes are being exploited, like either if you have a pattern that you've seen where there have already been games without that player and teams have exploited some hole because of that, or if it's a situation where you think the coach who is playing them is intelligent enough or the quarterback is intelligent enough to exploit that hole. Right. Those are the particular situations that I would identify. I think more often than not for me though, I like things that just seem like they're hitting you over the head obvious before I actually buy into them. So like last year, Arizona tight end, like every time you played a tight end against Arizona, they seem to go off. And after that just keeps happening over and over and over, you just, you have to buy into it eventually. I think it's kind of the same way with holes on defense. Like I have to see it multiple times before I'm just going to assume that this is like an obvious hole that, you know, is easily exploitable for slot receivers. Or if, you know, a lead cornerback goes down that, you know, wide receiver ones or, you know, a true X receiver dominates against this team. Like, you know, that I think you have to kind of at least see the pattern for me personally before I'm willing to bet on it. Okay. So, so basically for you in a case of someone like Von Miller, who's, you know, he, he's obviously a, a wrecking ball to get after the quarterback, obviously disrupts offenses, disrupts time in between quarterback and wide receivers gets in the face of running backs for you. If you were in a situation now where you had a player that you had on the bench previ- previously going into the week and this happens, it wouldn't be enough for you now to switch him out. You would have to see some kind of pattern to know that that's a worthy decision, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, like you were saying, so Von Miller, he, he's a pass rusher. So going into this week, if you're, you know, someone who owns Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers are playing the Broncos. Do you think that that's going to have an impact? You know, less of a pass rush. Does that make Ben a better play? I think essentially is kind of the logic of putting together there. I'd say probably. I mean, in that matchup, that's probably a better matchup for him anyway against most of the matchup he's going to see in the league. So 
the lack of a pass rush is probably better overall for for Ben's stability. So, yeah, I can see how you can draw a narrative. I think my thing is you just don't want to overload it. Gotcha. That makes sense. Josh, do you feel the same way or do you you understand someone overreacting sort of in a way or taking that risk? Uh, I I think – I think we should not try to read too much into one player in a defense being out. And I think you should instead look for uh, plays where you're expecting offensive correlation, not, oh, the the middle linebacker is out, so I'm going to start the slot wide receiver. I, I think that's getting a little bit cute. Yeah, it can get you in trouble. It can it can work out, but in a lot of cases, it can also burn you and be dangerous. So always go with the best player overall, in my opinion. Um, the next one at Austin underscore G underscore H shout out to Austin who are a few non mainstream rookies and second year players that you are drafting who could walk into fantasy relevance. This may be a question that takes some thinking. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has off the top um, some names here, some few non mainstream guys. So just sleepers, if you will, or guys that aren't we talked about by, you know, ESPN, NFL network, CBS. Um, if there's any of these guys that are just, you know, maybe floating under the radar a little bit for you guys. Do you guys have any rookies or second-year guys that you think can walk into some serious uh, fantasy attention here? Well, the, the, it's more of a post-hype kind of a guy, but I, I, Christian Kirk has an awful lot of opportunity in front of him. So he's he's definitely, you know, the hype train has has passed him by. But I'm I'm still holding out, holding out a little bit of hope. I'm less optimistic than I was. Yeah, I, I I guess it depends how deep you're talking. Because if you're not talking like Deontay Johnson, Nikhil Harry range even, and you're talking like super deep, um, I mean, the later you get in drafts, Darius Slayton's a second-year guy who's going pretty late that I'm a big fan of. Um, Why is he going so late? You guys know I'm a big Slayton fan. I don't get it. I mean, I think it's just the uncertainty over who is going to really get the majority of the targets there. I mean, he's playing with two veterans who um, have out-targeted him in games they've played with him, uh, both Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate. So, you know, he's a big play receiver for sure. And if he takes that next step, then, you know, he definitely can exceed that ADP. Um, So, I mean, that's why I like him as kind of a later guy. But I think most people just – Look at that situation. They don't know who the lead guy is. And, you know, they see a quarterback that they don't think that's great, which is crazy, by the way. Daniel Jones put up th- or four 30-point games last year. I mean, the kid is dynamic as far as fantasy goes, but he goes overlooked, and so I draft him a bunch. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that as far as second-year guys, that's kind of who I'm looking at. I mean, rookies for me, is it's really the rookie running back situation. I mean, it depends, you know, how deep we're trying to get. It sounds like right now we're looking as deep as you can go. I think I mentioned him a little earlier, but James Robinson, who just took over for the Jags, like as a one of your last round picks, that to me is a great opportunity. I mean, when you see rookie running backs who are being given the opportunity to take the lead on a team, that that's, you know – that's about as much warning as you're going to get with no preseason. So for me, like that's someone who's super late is kind of an option. Um, I mean, I guess really the hardest thing with questions like this is, you know, how, how late are we talking? <laughs> like, I mean, that to me is a guy who most people can draft in like their last round right now. So you're talking late that that's as late as you can really go. I would throw in Marquise Brown. I think he's a good second year player that, you know, I think people know he was not right last year, but 
he's not he's not being super hyped up. I feel like his his ADP is reasonable. And then another one could be Miko Hardman. I think I, Sammy Watkins is not not happening ever. I think I think Hardman could step into a bigger role this year. Yeah, th- those are actually some guys that I had like Hardman, Slayton. You guys know I did a episode a while back on top five wide receiver buys. Um, both of them were on there for me. Renfro, who we talked about earlier, was on there for me. Um, I did like Josh Reynolds, although I know he's not a second year guy or a rookie. Um, as a guy who I feel like can be relevant in some sense, but the guy that I want to say that I feel like not a lot of people are giving him love, and I think people are slowly gonna kind of pick up more on it. And I, I know I've seen some guys mention it. I guess like I, I mentioned it in the past, but Steven Sims, man, of the Redskins. I feel like oh yeah, he keeps, that's a great one. Yeah, I feel that's like he keeps one. getting just overlooked, yes. man. Like McLaurin is amazing. If Haskins or whoever's going to be playing quarterback gets it all together and can make some plays, but like Sims can do everything. Like they do tricks out of the backfield with plays out of the backfield with them. They'll hand them off the ball. They'll, they'll throw the ball to him. Like he's just a really good, talented playmaker. And so that's the kind of guy that I go after in, in, in a situation, in a question like this, he could be in a, it's deep leagues, obviously, um, but he's just a guy worth taking a flyer on. We mentioned guys like Chris Thompson earlier, taking a flyer on them. He's another guy for me. Steven Sims is in, in that role. So yeah, that's a guy that I really love. I mean, you guys kind of mentioned guys, Slayton Hardman, I like already too, but Sims is like, to me, like the perennial guy that I think of, when I think of totally not getting the attention at all from anybody and um, has a real chance to make plays in an offense that is starving, you know, for talent. You know, Josh is over here talking about mid-round guys and uh, Marquise Brown trying to help people, uh, <laughs> but not at all, actually. Um, but his teammate, Miles Boykin, who you can get in, like, the last round of drafts, to me, is someone who's really exciting. He really um, looks like he has locked down the number two wide receiver role in that offense, and obviously they're going to run a lot of two tight end, a lot of three tight end, uh, they probably run more two and three tight end than anywhere else in the league. But even that being said, Miles Boykin's going to get a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and I think that he could be poised for a potential mini breakout. I mean, I don't think he's going to be anything gigantic, but as far as uh, a guy who could, you know, especially in good matchups when you're on winning teams, winning teams score touchdowns, touchdowns get spread out amongst the offense. And I think he's somebody who could really benefit from that. Yeah, I actually like um, Devin Duvernay over there, too. In Baltimore, yeah, not not him, but Miles Boykin, guys. You're a hater. You're a hater. I mean, okay, there's potential I, there, I, man. He's 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 got he's got some talent, man. We'll see. Miles Boykin is talented. <laughs> this guy, this guy here. Listen, Greg Olson. Just draft Greg Olson, folks. Craig, um, I'm telling you, will you just wait till Greg Olson falls. I believe you. Twice. I'm a Greg Olson fan. I like the guy, man. I like the guy. He's good on the field. He's good off the field. He's good. He's good at everything, man. He's a good guy. I, I support it. I'm with you, man. Um, last question we have uh, is at Barrel Joffrey. Shout out Barrel. Shout out Barrel. Uh, the subtle store. Sub sub subtle 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 subtle. Oh man, oh, he got you with that first word. Just, uh, <laughs> he did that on yeah. purpose. He knows. He knows I'm a little slow. Um, <laughs> he's he's being crafty. That pharmacist. He's getting me. Okay, you got me, Mister Fancy Education. Um, storyline you are most interested. I'm just gonna skip the word. The <laughs> storyline you are most interested to watch play out this season, team, player, depth chart, timeshare, whatever. For him, it's Fournette, a guy who is finally playing with the real quarterback. So it's 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 fair that you care about that storyline since he's never had a real quarterback in his life. Um, do you guys have I know we've kind of mentioned some of them already, but is there anyone else that you haven't mentioned yet or that you're haven't that you just you know are thinking about here in this situation that you're super interested in watching how this season plays out for the team the player whatever it is i mean yeah 
Okay, Go so ahead. I'm I'm very interested to see how Keenan Allen does with Tyrod Taylor. I think I think that that's uh, such an interesting one. <laughs> I think that Keenan and Austin Eckler will raise Tyrod's passing volume to a career high. I'm also very interested to see how Juju does because his his early his early career was so you know groundbreaking and then one terrible year i want to know if he's going to be a bust or if he's right back to the trajectory he was on and and then i'm also really interested to see what devonte parker does is he going to turn back into a pumpkin or is he is he actually a breakout some good names still not some good names adam you got to admit this one he knocked out of the park no, I don't have to admit that. I thought those were terrible. <laughs> Come on. Devontae Parker's a good one. We're talking about the biggest storylines in the league coming into the year that you're like most excited about. And you're talking about the Chargers who are going to win six games at their most. Oh, my God. This guy is just rude, man. <sighs> All right. Anywho, no, the, the, the things I'm most excited about are obviously the, the biggest quarterback move since Peyton Manning went to the Broncos. I'm excited to see what Tom Brady's going to do on the Bucks. I'm super excited to see what Cam's going to do on the Patriots. And then probably the other one I'd throw in there is I'm really excited to see if Joe Burrow transitions from college and ends up lighting the NFL on fire like he did in college. So those are probably the three teams that I'm most excited to watch. Uh, but there's there's a lot of other storylines in there too. Man. Way too much quarterback love. <laughs> I, I, I think the Pittsburgh wide receiving core is going to be really interesting. Like James Washington could do it. It could be Deontay. It could be Juju. It could, uh, that To me, that's probably my favorite. And at least Josh isn't over here talking about a wide receiver four on a team that doesn't even run four wide receivers. Will signs. Greg Olson be the tight end <laughs> one? Who knows? What about, what about some running backs like Austin Eckler and Kenyon Drake? Can these guys repeat the success that they had last season to be some I mean, of this? That's, that's a storyline. You're I talking see. about what like storylines I'm most excited about at running back. It's the rookies. I mean, I'm excited to see what Clyde Edwards Hilaire can do in Kansas City if he is an immediate workhorse or if they use Darrell Williams more than anybody expects and we all get real sad. I'm, I'm excited to see if Jonathan Taylor is going to be given touches and blow out Marlon Mack or if Marlon Mack's going to hold him off. Like, I don't know. Those, those are things that excite me. I don't care about some old vet. What 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 about a um, what about Antonio Gibson? I mean, nothing on Washington excites me. But I, yeah, he's I'll caused a lot of drama lately. So I can watch Deshaun Jackson ball out. He's but. caused a lot of drama lately, man. It's interesting because uh, people think that he could be a workhorse running back, even though he's not a running back. But I mean, stranger things have happened, except they haven't. Um, but to, you know, David Johnson, right, guys? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the only comp that anyone has for him being a workhorse. I think that you know he's going to be utilized a ton, but so is James White. I mean, you can be a guy who only gets seventy carries in a season and still be utilized a ton. I mean, Austin Eckler last year got less than 150 carries, and he was a top, what, 10 running back? So Danny Woodhead years ago did nothing in the rushing game, did a ton in the passing game, and ended up finishing as a top five running back. I mean, it can happen. So, yeah, I mean, 
there's upside, but he's not he's not workhorse, he's not bell cow. I, mean, I don't really want gets... to tell you guys. I don't want to tell you where I drafted Antonio Gibson in a in a, re, in a recent redraft league, because um, I don't want you guys to judge me too hard. But uh, yeah, man, right. like I, I I'm excited about the potential opportunity here, man. Like, why can't he be really good at catching the ball and making plays again in an offense that I feel is starving for talent? Like, he doesn't have to run the ball 30 times a game or something like. I feel like he can be a playmaker in that offense. How how high'd you draft him? I'm not gonna tell you guys right now. Third round. Third round. No, it wasn't third. No, that that that's I would get very upset. You'll get upset <laughs> at where I drafted him, but still that's not the point. Um, I think I drafted him in like the fifth or sixth round or something, yeah. which is not egregious. Okay, but yeah, it was the probably... fifth. It was the fifth. Yeah, I mean that's dumb. It's not egregious. <laughs> Listen, man. You gotta take chances on guys sometimes, man. Just gotta take your shots. All right. So, that, what do you see from him? Did you? I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, is that was my assessment fair? Like, do you actually see him getting a carry workload, or do you just see it as you know he's gonna get a hundred targets? I mean, I think he's gonna get enough carries to matter. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to really. What put does a that number mean? On it. That is so vague. I don't want to put a number on it. Because yeah, because there is no number. There's no number to put on this guy yet. But I, I feel confident that he's going to produce in his role. Like, okay, I already liked him coming out. I drafted him in a lot of the dynasty leagues before all this stuff happened um, because of his ability to catch the ball. But after they got rid of Peterson, and I know they're just trying to move on from this guy at this point probably, and they just want to you know, let the young guys play and, and see what they have in this young offense. But like the way even Peterson talked about him, I know you guys don't give credence to this stuff. I know you guys don't care about coach speak. You don't care about player speak. You don't care about nothing that anything besides freaking data on a spreadsheet. But when someone like Peterson gets traded or cut, whatever the fuck happened. And he says, man, that offense is really perfect for Antonio Gibson. So I get why they got rid of me. Like to ignore that, to act like that means nothing is crazy to me. Like, he, he's this veteran back who's seen it all. Why would he just throw this rookie's name out there for no reason at all? Because they're going to throw the football and Adrian Peterson. And that that, that works for me football. then. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I mean, that's why my ultimate question is, do you think he can be a workhorse or is he James White? If he's James White, I mean, I don't understand drafting him above James White, but if you're drafting him around James White thinking he could be James White, well, you're probably, you know, going to maybe get James White. Like I, I think that that's fair, but I don't I don't see how he's anything more than James White. I, I just how's he getting? They didn't even make him the the lead running back. If this is so much the case that Adrian Peterson's even talking about how much the offense is being built around him, like they didn't announce him as the lead back. We don't care about that. They took some guy that's been floating around depth charts all over the league. <laughs> you just admitted that meant nothing for Jacksonville, so don't don't pull that card now. Don't pull that card now, man. I, no. Starter doesn't mean anything. Who they put out there means nothing. No, actually, I said the exact opposite for Jacksonville. Jacksonville, I think that the death chart means a lot. I'm touting Robinson now. No. What are you talking about? No, man. I actually, right, like, well, I, I actually like McKissick there, too, man. I think they're going to be interesting backfield. What is this? This offense just going to shock the world, man? Yeah, McLaurin, Sims, Sims McKissick. Oh, I was going to tear it up. Haskins, man. baby. Haskins, let's revive this team, baby. They got rid of the stupid name. They're changing the game now. Let's move on to foul or no foul so we can wrap this show up. The first one we have here. What? You saying something over there? 
Okay. I just want a sound clip of Neil saying Haskins. <laughs> Dude, that that's definitely gonna happen, man. That's gonna be used all year. All right. Let me say this before mentioning the first foul or no foul. None of us are doctors here, in case anyone was confused about that or unsure. Uh, however, getting that first Corona vaccine sounds like a bad idea. Foul or no foul? I listened to a real live scientist talk about it, and now I feel okay about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me say that the drug maker apparently uh, put some pauses there on the trials due to some potentially unexplained illnesses during the test. Uh, they say that's pretty routine. I say get the fuck out of here. And uh, yeah, I'll pass on it for right now. Again, I'm not a doctor, so definitely go do your thing. However, I'm going to say, you know, uh, sounds like a bad idea. Adam, what do you feel like, man? Josh is comfortable with it. This is the guy who walked around with freaking COVID all day anyway, so he don't care. But how do you feel? Adam? Well, hold on. You man. did. That you were out in the streets of Oklahoma. Bad. You were out in the streets of Oklahoma with crowds. I, okay. In March, in March, I had covid i didn't know i had covid oh, yeah. i stayed home you're not potential I, I didn't mean you were spreading it on purpose let's not get josh arrested i just meant that you were out in the streets with people who may have been spreading it unknowingly well, um, you know i took my kid to the pool all right like <laughs> shoot me. you know that the pool where i live is still closed you know just as it should be as it should be i'm with you i'm with you i'm just saying it's like discouraging to walk past it and stuff like, oh, like i don't know i don't know what should be closed or open anymore honestly it's been so long at this point that i just i don't know anymore i stopped trying to know everybody's upset on both sides about everything it seems like so that's fun but uh yeah as far as as far as the vaccine goes yeah i'm, I'm on team neil i will be sitting this one out <laughs> and uh I don't know. I knew my conspiracy guy would be on my side. It's not even a conspiracy (laughs) thing so much as it's like nowhere in the media do they even talk about any other things that you can do to prevent Corona other than not getting near people and wearing a mask and then eventually taking some vaccine. I mean, I think there's a lot of other things that you can do. Um, I think Joe Rogan's had some podcasts with some people who have talked about upping your vitamin C intake and your vitamin D intake and other things that have been correlated to catching Corona. Um, that being said, I mean, I, I don't have the solutions for any of this. I just know what I want to do for myself personally. And I'd rather do those things than, than take a vaccine. Yes. And again, we are not doctors as much as my education level appears to be that way. As I speak, I'm not there. I haven't, I haven't graduated with any degrees folks. I'm sorry. Um, the next not one, a doctor. Surprise, right? Um, the next one here, a candy maker is giving away a mystery candy factory with very little details about it. Very what? Willy Wonka treasure hunt style at the cost of participation of forty nine ninety nine, And it's for sure going to end well. Foul or no foul? <laughs> I don't, this feels like buying a, a foreclosure house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm in on this deal. National <laughs> treasure hunt. Yeah, you pay forty nine ninety nine. He drops riddles. You try to find the golden ticket in your state, and apparently, he 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 actually is the guy who invented jelly beans. Um, however, he's not a part of that company anymore. And people are like, "Well, what exactly? What candy place are you talking about?" Because it's a little sketch. He hasn't really given much information, and you're paying fifty bucks to participate. But uh, you know, I think I'll sit that one out along with the vaccine. Uh, yeah, the fifty bucks to participate is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not only exactly. a thousand said, tickets sold per state, guys. So only fifty thousand tickets could be sold. So just multiply fifty thousand by fifty. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> you bought the building. You didn't give it away. Uh, so yeah, that's a. I seen that story. I had to talk about it. That was hilarious. 
stay away from the candy contest, folks. Also, we're not doctors or candy experts, but stay away from that as well. The last one here. The last one here. Actually, I don't have another foul or no foul for this one, but I did want to mention that, Adam, you have the new Madden, right? I do. Colin Kaepernick's in it, buddy. I know. I just saw the new update, and they made a made a whole thing. They were like, hey, we put Colin Kaepernick in the game, guys. Hope everybody's happy now. You can put him on your team. <laughs> I think they also made him like, a top 15 overall rated quarterback. Cool. That's ridiculous, but whatever. I mean <laughs> – I just think it's interesting that they obviously did it as a PR stunt after the fact, as opposed to just having him in the game initially, you know, when they released it a week ago, it yeah, just, it's, it's so, I hate the whole world we're in now where everything is like backhanded, like, Oh yeah. I mean, we're being political. It's like, guys, I mean, if you wanted to support Kaepernick, just put him in the game that that would have been support enough, but no, you've got to make it about, that so you get attention for it so more people may buy your game it's like i just i don't know i hate the gimmick of it all at this point i just i wish that they would have just had him in the game to start and it would have been this cool feature that you know you can draft colin kaepernick because guess what he he's a free agent they have other free agents in the game too that aren't signed to an nfl team that have played on nfl teams before shocking i know also shocking that people are once again complaining about the game and then you make this move yeah, I mean, gosh, I got to say, I, the last iteration of Madden, like, was the first one that I got back into. I was pretty happy with it. This new iteration, it's, I don't know, I destroy it on all Madden. Like, I can <laughs> I can beat it by, like, four touchdowns, and then I go play online and I lose. And I'm like, there's got to be, you got to find some middle ground, guys. You got to make the computer harder. Or people on the internet have to get worse because I'm just <laughs> I'm not gonna enjoy the game if I can't play either. So yeah, it's I don't know for me, they, and they continuously year after year have just not listened to anyone and just done what they want as far as what they improve or what they add on. And I don't know, man. It's just it is what it is. It's the only NFL game we get, so we play it, and I'm gonna keep buying it and keep playing it until there's another one. So I just I deal with it. But, yeah, I mean, I get the complaints this year. Yeah, I don't think those Internet people are going to get any less good, Adam. So probably should get better. Man, I'm I'm trying. I'm blaming my Internet connection. Though. <laughs> just like you did in the not making the episode last week. Very convenient. Oh, I now the truth comes out. You see you. that? You see <laughs> that? You see that, Josh? It's true, though. It's all about the Internet. He just exposed himself through that lie. All right. Listen, let's let's move on to close this bad boy out. I do want to do a little show and tell before we close it out. Josh, do you have a product, anything, podcast, music, book, something to experience recently that you want to share with us? So th- this is a little like self-help cheesy, but these are two authors that I really I really actually enjoy. One of them, her name is Brene Brown, and uh, she she's written uh several books on and they're all kind of have the theme of the like the gift of imperfection is kind of what she writes about and then the other one is an author that was recommended to me by uh at fantasy djack he it's a really it was a really good book is that that author's name is mark manson and at this point i have listened to probably three or four books from each of these authors so I, I like them both a lot. If you're if you're looking for something that's in that self help type of a genre, 
which is probably not a whole lot of folks, <laughs> but I, I recommend those two authors. There's a lot of folks, Josh. I just want to admit it publicly. They're out there. I do want to ask you, though, do you listen to books or do you read them? I listen to them like on Audible. Man, I can crank through some audio content, but I cannot sit down and read a book. That's interesting, being a teacher and all. I'm right there with you. Audiobooks are where it's at. I, reading for me, it's not even like the task of reading. It's the physical act of like sitting in one place <laughs> or like holding a book for I don't know why, but I'm just someone who does not get comfortable easily. And then when I do, I get uncomfortable quickly. And it, yeah, I, I get it. I love audiobooks for that, man. Let me ask you, Josh, is that something you would recommend to children? No, these are very. No, no, I like mean, like listening to books rather than reading them. Like, do you feel like there's some kind of value? Well, yeah, you know, I think you need to get to a, a level of proficiency with your reading ability, like eighth grade level, maybe. <laughs> and then once you're past that, do what you want. <laughs> Interesting. My, uh, some of my best friends who have really young kids, they actually constantly will uh, read to them while listening to an audiobook because the act of the kid hearing the words helps them learn how to read, supposedly, which I think makes sense. I mean, it's why kids learn how to read often a lot better if you're reading with them or reading to them. So it helps stimulate that same act when you, you know, can't actively be reading with them. Yeah, so like they're looking at the book and listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that having value. Yeah, it's good stuff. This you guys weren't even looking to show and tell that. Man, I pulled, drew it out of you. Drew it out of you guys. I'm gonna mix up my show and tell today. I'm not gonna give a product or anything. I'm actually gonna give a um, a tweet that I read from Lewis House. House. He's a podcaster, author, all that good stuff. Really successful. Uh, he tweeted, your competition isn't other people. Your competition is your procrastination, your ego, the unhealthy food you're consuming, the knowledge you neglect, the negative behavior you are nurturing, and your lack of creativity. Compete against that. I thought that was a Damn, good don't one. remind me, man. <laughs> I think it reminds all of us, man. Kill. We all Buzzkill. need that reminder. We all need that reminder. So <laughs> just leaving everybody with that, definitely uh, something to think about and to, uh, for, for like I said, for us all to work on at all times. Um, other than that, that's it. We just, we just, are you just gonna skip me, huh? Nah, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Adam. It's <laughs> <laughs> rude. I don't, sorry, I don't I'm just still continuing from last week, not you not being here and all. Go, go oh, ahead. is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I'm gonna make a recommendation that, uh, I, I, you know, I'd like to hope that one of you two have actually seen, but if not, it's something that you guys might actually watch with your kids. Um, it, it's a TV series that for me, um, I think is like phenomenal, but goes really underlooked because it's a cartoon and that's uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I just started watching the sequel series to it, which is uh, The Legend of Korra, which is like the next iteration of the Avatar. But uh, Avatar The Last Airbender was a show on Nickelodeon that was like a anime slash animated series. The animation's kind of like right in between being anime and not. Um, But the story in it's really fantastic. And... um, it's one of those series that I've rewatched multiple times. Uh, I didn't even watch it as a kid. I watched it initially as an adult, um, but it it really kind of bridges the gap between you know a child audience and an adult audience. And it's just it's such a phenomenal world that they create, and uh, the the storytelling in it's really 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 good, uh, especially for something that's more or less directed at kids. Um, but 
that being said, I, I know a ton of adults who are huge fans of the show, and I know it has a huge cult following. So have either of you ever ever watched it, familiar with it at all? I haven't actually watched it myself. My my oldest was watching the one on Netflix right now. I don't know which series that is, like the newer one or. I uh, think they have both, uh, okay, but I'm yeah. not. I'm he was not watching sure like the, the later one, though, not the old, old yeah. ones. Yeah, Legend of Korra. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the one I'm watching through right now, and it just reminded me of the original. The original is phenomenal. the The sequel series is, I mean, it, it's a nice continuation, but at the same time, like the the original version, I, I think is really really worthwhile. Yeah, I've I've never actually given it a shot. I'm sure if I did, I'd be wrapped up in it. But I haven't actually given it a shot. It's it's like a lot of things that are kind of directed at a younger audience uh, that I've found that are somewhat entertaining. Uh, this is by far the best. But in that way of like the first five, six episodes are kind of like slow moving and in, in the sense of like they really try and get you into characters in the world. And like, yeah, it's kind of silly. And if you like the humor in it, you might enjoy it. But then like after it starts picking up at the end of the first season and then into the later seasons, it it really gets very dynamic in its storytelling. And to me, it's like, it's, it's really like on par with a great novel series um, in, in its storytelling and its building of a world and uh, its expansion of characters. Like it, it really does a phenomenal job. Airbender sounds like a nickname we should give like a Hunter Renfro, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought that would be a quarterback, but all right. <laughs> Just the moves, you know. The, Joe the, Burrow, the last airbender. The last airbender. Someone's got to get that. Yeah. Name. I mean, no, nah, oh he gets exotic, God. Joe, man. That, that's that's, that's his name. That's why we give it to Hunter Renfro. Have you seen the guy move? Come on, man. I'm He's bending air out there. He's just you know moving. what? You know what, Neil? If he, in week one, outscores Deshaun Jackson and is fantasy relevant, because if they're both terrible, this is just awful. But if he does both, you, you can give him that nickname. There it is. You heard, like here, you, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Matter of fact, if that happens, would you make your avatar on Twitter Hunter Renfro's face? For a week? You know what's so funny about that is it plays into Hunter Renfro telling Madden, did you hear about this? No. Oh, this is phenomenal. So Hunter Renfro is the only player in NFL in the history of Madden that has told them that he needed a stat lowered because he said his <laughs> speed in the game is too high. He's not that fast. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> hilarious it's great man this guy is great he, he won't he's an airbender but he won't bend the truth and that's just what i like about the guy he's amazing and he is gonna be will you make him your avi week one if he outplays the Dude, I'll do it. I... you do it to it josh yeah he's gonna be yeah. greg olsen so that's a lock for me but he has to beat deshaun jackson right okay okay there you go i'm putting it off for hunter Renfro, man you guys are everyone's hyped about the rookies you guys are wrong i'm telling you I mean, they're good. They're gonna be good. They're gonna be fine. Everyone's gonna be fine. All right, Josh can be found on Twitter at JC Crocker. Adam can be found at the other FF guy. I'm also glad. I, I really thought for a second there, Adam, that you were gonna recommend your internet provider for show and tell. <laughs> no, it's been terrible. Guys. Would have been a great play. Would have been a great play. But all right, uh, you can find me at Clock Dodgers on Instagram, Twitter, all those good places. Shout out to everybody who's been following us lately, interacting with us lately, sending us questions lately, subscribing to the podcast lately, leaving reviews, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys. We continue to grow. We continue to grow. We continue to add Clock Dodgers to the family. I'm done. Josh, Adam, any parting words before week one? Nothing. Just Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, baby. And Hunter Renfro, the last airbender. That's it. That's all you guys need to worry about. 
Other than that, be kind, be great, keep dying.